Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Hi there. Welcome to New Life Live. Really glad you're with us here today and uh, joining me, Dr. Alice Benton. Alice, how are you? Hey, Steve. Having a great morning. Good. And J.J. West is here, and J.J. is one of our wonderful, faithful presenters at, at the uh, Intimacy in Marriage and the Every Man's Battle Intensives start tomorrow. Yes, I guess somebody That's could right. still uh, be, well, you could get the um, the Procrastinator Special and we'd let <laughs> you still get in there, probably. There probably is a way. And um, you've got a podcast that is just about to launch why a podcast i mean there's a book there's an intensive now a podcast (laughs) why is that right why do we need all these things steve yeah let's hear it (laughs) so so i am super excited about the podcast it's actually one of the things i'm most excited about right now uh in the current work uh for a couple of reasons number one it's going to be a way to get the word out about the workshop to people who might otherwise not hear Uh, Number two, it's also an opportunity for us to dig deeper into some of the subjects that we talk about at the workshop that we just because the workshop is so jam packed. It's only, you know, one weekend, right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And there's stuff we can't we can't fully unpack there. Right. And so the the podcast is going to give us a chance to do that. And then thirdly, I'm getting to work with some amazing people. Uh, My co-host, Doug Barnes, has been working in the recovery of, uh, in the area of, of sexual addiction recovery for like 20 years, uh, or, or more. Uh, he is, he is full of wisdom. We're having guest hosts, uh, come on to, to share some of their expertise. Uh, we have Laura from the intimacy and marriage workshop. She's, she's been on, uh, we're going to have other authors, other speakers, uh, join us as well. And so the opportunity for me to get to Listen to these amazing people is a, a great treat for me. Well, I think it's going to be great. Everything that uh, we've done with Every Man's Battle has changed so many people's lives, and I hope this will draw more folks to that. You know, um, since, I don't know, we first started doing the workshop just two decades ago, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just thousands and thousands of men, and everywhere I go, I get to hear women say things like it changed everything yeah and now there are it isn't perfect i mean the people that go sometimes it doesn't change everything because they're not willing to do what's whatever we're talking about but those are pretty rare and um i just i'm so thrilled jj that you do this because you're one of the best communicators and you you really do have the heart of those men there as your priority, and I, I'm so grateful you're part of it. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go right to our calls here because we've got a bunch of calls lined up, and one is Bill from Atlanta, Georgia, listening on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Bill, how are you today? I'm doing well, and you? Doing okay. What's on your mind? 
Well, it seems that my wife is going through uh, what seems to be betrayal trauma from past relationship. Hmm. Okay. And um, we're we're seeking out counseling. She's agreed to do that. Okay. Uh, however, meanwhile, I need to know how to deal with her uh, without making things worse. Oh, in the yeah. Good. All right. Well, Bill, um, what a great question, and what a great heart that you don't, don't want to make it worse because there are folks that don't really care sometimes. Or they have that old, horrible attitude, well, just get over it kind of thing. That's, that's not what we're talking about. So you call the right place. We'll deal with that right after this. If you need some help with anything, we want to help you. 1-800-NEW-LIFE is the number to call. We'll be back after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. I'm Gary Hofer, General Manager for KJLT AM and FM in North Platte, Nebraska. It's been a pleasure to partner with New Life Live all these years. In fact, I still remember when it was the Menrith Meyer Clinic. I guess I'm dating myself. Congratulations on 35 years of ministry and being selected as the radio program of the year. That's exciting. And Steve, I have fond memories of your coming to North Platte twice to help with our annual share Wishing you God's richest blessings and many more years of faithful ministry. Thanks for all you do. <laughs> North Platte, I, I do have a very, very uh, nice little place in my heart for North Platte. I love being there. Um, basically, they have one of the finest Goodwills that you'll ever find. And <laughs> as, if you know me, you know if they ever do a movie of my life, it will be entitled Goodwill Hunting. I I love the heart and the spirit of those folks there in North Platte. And there's this big highway that runs, and their signal's so strong that you start to pick it up at one place. You get about 60 miles of, of them, and um, so nice to be congratulated by those wonderful KJLT folks in North Platte. We're talking here with Bill uh, Bill, what kind of uh, trauma was your did your wife go through where she has this betrayal trauma that you're you're dealing with here? Well, she she's talked about uh, a relationship she had before she met me that didn't go well. She was uh, cheated on and and it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that that's the only thing that she's told me that I could kind of piece together. Uh-huh. And and Bill, what uh, what comes up between is, what comes up between you and your wife because of that history of betrayal? Well, trust is trust has been an issue pretty much throughout five years of marriage. Um. Uh, she accuses me of things that I have no idea what she's talking about and basically convicted me. And as a result, she gets on the defense and starts calling me all kinds of you know, names and mm-hmm. just like, I'm convicted of this, therefore I'm going to punish you. 
And it's not just me. I noticed, you know, her friends when we first met, there was a problem with friends, family, and pretty much everybody that was around mm-hmm. her. You're you're receiving that the, we'd the go out should be mm-hmm. You're receiving hyper, the the mistreatment and you're receiving the mistreatment because of what this previous man did. Mm-hmm. Has has your sexual integrity been intact throughout your relationship with your wife? I believe so. I know I've I've been um, faithful, mm-hmm. um, and I believe she has. So I don't have an issue with with um, from that aspect. Mm-hmm. I don't have an Good. issue there. Well, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I love that. It, it, it's so unfair that this falls on you when you're the mm-hmm. innocent man, mm-hmm. and God can use you as an agent of cure for your wife, even though you were not the perpetrator of this. But it's so yeah. difficult, especially when she's coming after you very strongly. So I'm glad she's willing mm-hmm. to receive treatment. But mm-hmm. two things I know a woman like her needs in this position, because I've been in the same position as your wife, and my husband also received, unfairly, my fears because of mm-hmm. past infidelity. Mm-hmm. I, I know that she needs reassurance from you, more reassurance than than is just, but she needs it. And she needs you to keep working on not being defensive, but rather being empathic, that these are her old wounds that are active in your marriage. And so your willingness to seek treatment with her, Bill, it will bring about so much healing for the two of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And can I add to that, Bill, you know, Scripture tells us in in Ephesians, uh, Steve was talking about Ephesians earlier. uh, In Ephesians, it tells us that the husband is to love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And one of the things that I think can be really helpful from that passage is to remind ourselves, well, how did Christ love the church? He loved the church by being willing to suffer for sins that were not his own, right? He, he didn't suffer for his own sins. He suffered for the sins of others. And we can take on that mantle, even though you did not commit these sins against excuse me, against your wife. Another man did. But you can love your wife as Christ Christ loved the church by being willing to suffer punishment that someone else deserved, that you do not deserve. Now, that doesn't mean that she gets free reign to treat you poorly for the rest of your life. That's not what I mean by that. But what I mean is that if I can change that mindset, it helps me to stay in. And just as Alice was just saying, to not get defensive, to not feel like I've got to, hey, I didn't do that. You can't put that on me, right? That's that's not going to lead to healing. If I can love her as Christ loved the church, I can say, I, I'm, I'm willing to be hurt so that you can heal, right? And that means I'm going to be patient with you. That means I'm going to join you in counseling and therapy to help you get to a place of healing where you see by my actions that I am a trustworthy man, that you can begin to trust again. JJ, uh, that's just not fair. Uh, no. What you're saying there. No, uh, not at all. him uh, to have to suffer for what somebody else created. I, it's yeah. just not fair. Not a bit. And uh, But neither, neither is the cross. No, that's so, so true. And your spirit there, uh, Bill, is, is so great, mm-hmm. so Two things I would say, could she go to one of our restore workshops, because that's where that's dealt with. 
and it's powerful. Second thing, are you doing the things that a guy like you needs to do to take care of himself Hmm. so that you've got support and people encouraging you? Mm -hmm. Because I have to believe there's some pretty ugly things that take place as a result Mm -hmm. of all this. That's what Mm -hmm. pain and uh, betrayal does. So, two questions for you. Do you think maybe we could try to get her to restore? And secondly, how about you? Well, uh, that's what I was going to say. I mean, without sounding... Uh, I, I am a believer. However, I am human. I am not Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, right. Therefore, right. I, I do. I, therefore, I, I do need counseling myself mm-hmm. uh, sure. to deal with what I what's been put on me. Right. Uh, I'm a heart patient. I had stents a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and so I have to try to keep my stress level down as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, because mm-hmm. she is not, she's preoccupied with her own stuff that she mm-hmm. cannot not contribute to it, right? Uh, so I have to uh, take care of myself the best way I can as well, uh, as you were saying, so that I can be of help to her. Mm-hmm. Well, here's here's something, Bill. Is she kind to you? Well, uh, initially, no. I mean, that's why I married That was one of the reasons why I married her. Yeah, but <laughs> after you marry somebody... Woman, I, yeah. Well, what happened after you got married? Because so, the reason I asked that question is that I'm kind of sensing that there's this isn't just something that crops up, but now it's kind of an ongoing part of every day. Is that true? or Right. That, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Now mm-hmm. it, it's something, uh, you know, when I start paying attention, it was something every day. And I would yeah. bring that to her attention, but it it just falls on deaf ears. Yeah. Uh, so so even when she's, when she's in her right mind, right? Well, not when she's been triggered, not when she's kind of experiencing PTSD, but when she's in her right mind, she still doesn't acknowledge her that the way she speaks to you and the way she treats you is unfair or unkind? After everything cools down, she will realize, okay. Okay, she does. I might have been wrong here. (laughs) Okay. I might have been wrong here. So so that's actually huge. There's nothing I can say or anybody Mm -hmm. can say to put the fire out. Right, right. Because in the middle of it, Bill, she's having a post-traumatic stress response. So she's really not, I don't. I, I, I want to be careful how I say this, she's not in her right mind in that moment. She's not She's not thinking clearly. She's in the, the part of her brain, the, the amygdala, that is firing and it's telling her there's danger here and you either have to fight or flee, right? Like that's, those are your only two options. And so she's not thinking through it clearly and going, oh, I think I'll be mean to Bill today. I think I'll accuse him of something I know he didn't do. In that moment, if she is experiencing betrayal trauma from a press relationship, it is, it is, um, it's a, it's a, 
it's a reptilian uh, reaction rather than a functioning logical response to what's actually happening. So that's why once she is able to calm down and come back, bring the logic center of her brain back online, she's able to go, oh, yeah, that's not that's not true or that wasn't helpful or that wasn't kind. And that's huge because that means that she then is willing to try to get help. And Bill, you, you don't need to tolerate her mistreatment of you. You don't have to just right. stand there and take it as she right. ramps up the accusations against you. So to be able to tell her in a moment where she's clearer, calmer, if, if it gets to this level again, if you're yelling at me, if you're accusing me, I'll need to step away. I'm going to take a break so that we both don't escalate together. And I can reassure you when you're afraid, you can ask for my reassurance and I will gladly give it to you. But when it gets to this level, I'll step away for the sake of both of us. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the most helpful thing you can do for her because you just don't want to enable her to exist in a state of um, unkindness and disregard for you the way someone disregarded her, right? Right. Right. Well, so, she, she, she got the right husband. I'm the people. <laughs> uh, I had the patience of Job. <laughs> mm. So I do believe she has the right husband right here. And I, I try to get her to understand that out of all the, the problems, the relationships with their family and friends that I've noticed, she hadn't noticed, um, I am the one that's going to, that has your back, that's mm-hmm. going to uh, tell you the truth. Because the other ones, they're not obligated yeah. to be your number one. Mm-hmm. And I can't get her to see that. I can't even get her to understand that I am in your corner. Yeah. See, now, Bill, that that's another level that you've revealed there. And so to be in her corner, you may have to do some things that maybe you wouldn't think you'd have to do to be in her corner. You have to be uh, tougher, more directive. And, you know, at least at some point, you're probably going to have to say to her, the least you could do is for us to go talk to somebody together. So it, you're not just starting off with, you got a problem, you got to fix it. But, uh, you know, honey, whatever I'm doing here, things aren't great, um, let's get some help. That could be the really big, tough beginning of her hearing some things that either she's not hearing or she doesn't care about right now. So... I wonder if she'd be willing to do that with you. You think? She she has a uh, yeah. She's she's shown that she wants to do it. It's just been a little procrastinating, and mm-hmm. she's had sessions booked and council sessions, and so I kind of feel like she's not sold on the idea that she has an issue. It's everybody else, it's everybody around yeah. her that has an issue. Well, that's what a good old counselor after he's gotten to know her and really wants to help her and she can trust that's what a great counselor can do is to help her see that there is something here that can be dealt with and done at the right time we'll try to give you help with that person also i want to send you mylon k yurkovich's book how we love i think that could be a great blessing to you really glad to hear your heart is for your wife we'll be back right after this 
We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Steve Arderburn here, and I just want to mention this. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, are you kind? Couldn't we just be kind? There are a lot of types of love that are out there, and arrows, and agape. How about this kind of love? Compassionate love, where I'm kind to the person I'm married to. I think it'd be a really good idea if we would all be kind. Well, let's go back to the uh, phones. And how about we talk to, let's talk to Ed, Long Island, New York, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Ed, how are you today, and how can we help you? Hi, thank you for taking my call. I'm in the process of a significant life change. Uh, My consulting contract is expiring in a few weeks, and uh, for 85% of my life I've been working, uh, working, working. I started working when I was 12. Um, and then, you know, when I became a husband and a father, I was pouring out to them. And uh, I'm looking toward retirement, but uh, how can I get some focus and clarity as to what the next steps should be and and what my purpose should be? Okay. Well, and how old are you? I forgot. Did you, did you say that? Uh, I'm 69. I've been, um, yeah, I've been working since I've been 12. Amazing. Well, I'm going to uh, reserve my comments to I till until Alice and JJ have weighed in here. Uh, so, what when you guys hear somebody's about to retire, worked all his life? What are you thinking? Good advice for him. Well, I love the fact that Ed, you're asking the question, "What should my purpose be?" Because purpose and vocation are not necessarily the same thing, right? We have vocation that might be part of our purpose that might be part of our calling but it's not limited to my vocation it's it it goes way beyond that and so what is my purpose and especially now at this stage of your life asking the question what is the legacy that i want to leave how do i want to invest these these final years decades whatever it is that i've got left how do i want to invest it in the next generation how do I want to invest in terms of building the kingdom, right? So, so I think asking those questions, I think, um, you know, Os Guinness has a book called The Call that would be possibly very helpful to read through if you haven't already. But asking in prayer and asking others who know you well, mm-hmm. hey, what do you see in me that would highlight or illustrate the, my purpose that God has for me in this next season? What do you see in me? What have you seen in me that would lead you to say, yes, this, Ed, is what you should be focused on? Alice, your thoughts here. Ed, could you name one of your talents? Maybe you got to use it in your consulting work. Maybe you haven't yet. What's a talent that you'd like to put in use outside of employment? Um, seems like for most of my career I've been doing some sort of, some form of teaching. Um, you know, we were, my wife and I were in ministry together. We would teach a, a number of uh, classes at church at uh, in the evenings. Um, you know, that's something I've, I've very much enjoyed. I have heard it said that when we find our activity that gets us in the zone, when it 
combines our talents with a high enough level of challenge, we get a taste of what eternity will be like, where time doesn't even seem to exist because we're doing what God gave us the talent to do here on this earth, serving other people. And I think such a misnomer about retirement is that the selfish pursuits are what will bring about happiness because I've worked so hard my entire life. Finally, it's my time. But you seem to have a heart to continue to give. And so I'd have you... Check with your pastor. You've already done work at church. What can you use both that teaching talent and just the, the pleasure, the enjoyment of this additional free time that you'll have to keep serving? Because that's where true joy, the side of heaven, I think really lies. So there's this uh, baseball movie, female baseball team. Tom Hanks is the manager. And this famous line, there's no crying in baseball. I don't know if you've ever seen that or heard that. But I want to say to you. There's no retiring in Bible. There's no, there's no retiring in Bible. And here's a guy like you who's worked all this time, and, and that's kind of, well, it's how you're wired. Don't stop working. Just do it for a different purpose. Not for money, but for fulfillment and, and investing in others. So whatever you do, if you want to go play golf every day, great. But be sure that in this retirement plan, something that you love to be involved with, some passion of your heart, that you're going to do some ministry work as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to find in doing that work the purpose of your retirement. Mm-hmm. You don't need to feel like there's some special radical calling. Go do what you're mm-hmm. equipped to do or love to do, mm-hmm. and you might do it a while, and then God bumps you over to do something else. But so many people retire at 69, you're just getting started. You might have 30 <laughs> years of ministry that just gives you one fulfilling moment after another. That's my guide to you. So I want to, when we come back from the break, I'm just going to ask you to think about this. So what is it that just... I mean, it just really makes your heart sing when you're involved with it. Carter, my son Carter and I, we were in Houston. I know, I'm sorry, Dallas. And there was a gentleman directing the conference. He's from Houston. Has quite a bit of real estate that he owns in Houston. Quite wealthy. Every weekend, he's out on the street witnessing one-on-one, winning people to Christ. Yeah. That's his passion. Yeah. Kind of, kind of... Hard to question a man like that. I mean, he's amazing. That's what we want to be. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call one 800 new life now if you're new to us we drop an episode every weekday we would love it if you would rate or write a review which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. We're talking with Ed. 
So, Ed, what is it that you just love to do, something that makes you feel so fulfilled? You know, um, through my life experiences, the Lord has been just so unbelievably good to me. I've had so many uh, crazy, unbelievable experiences. <laughs> uh, for example, I was a, you know, in my 20s, I was a prodigal son, and when I came home, I was able to give testimony and witness to that. Um, yeah. uh, how I got Great. first out of college, those those kinds of things. And uh, I guess the lives changed for the kingdom, really. Um, and if I can be used for that, then great. And I just don't know what that what that exactly looks like at this point. Yeah. Uh, it really resonated with me that uh, what you said, you know, retirement is, doesn't necessarily mean stop. It, for me right now, it means pause and then, and then continue on. Yeah. So... And, you know, I, I I always refer to this AARP article I read that said, everything you ever dreamed of doing in retirement, you can probably get it out of the way in the first 30 to 60 days, <laughs> and then now you got to figure out what to do with your life or you die. So uh, I, you know, tell you, there are a lot of folks that could use someone like you who want to see people uh, transformed and, and change and all for the kingdom of God. Um let me send you a copy of Every Man's Bible just to say thank you for this. And um, so what we've suggested is think about what you'd really love. Is it a prison? Is it a, is it a mission? Is it the church? Is it being in the nursery? It, whatever it is um, that you just would love to do, go after that and do the best you can just the way you did at work. And you're probably going to have a pretty fulfilling retirement. Mm -hmm. I would hope so. Larry Sonnenberg is here with us today. Larry, welcome and uh, tell us what in the world do you have for us today? Well, Steve, I always want to give a testimony that encourages our listeners to see the value in what we do that they might even make a gift and support. And I've got all kinds of them. I've got files and files, notebooks. And I was looking through one just before coming into radio and I thought, I'm going to do this one. It's a little different. She says, I'm a monthly donor to New Life and have inheritance money from my parents. I intended to use this inheritance in an, in an investment for myself and our four adult children. As I prepared to make this investment, I had a check in my spirit. One of our daughters and my husband did as well. So I prayed about it and decided to invest in healing people through New Life and its programs. It's great to know no matter what the stock market does and the economy does, this donation is the best, in all caps, the best investment. Cheers and attaboys to you. I praise God for new life. And I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> that somebody... Uh, wonderful. Yeah, just saw their, their giving as an investment. I think people don't do that often enough. They think of it as a tax write-off. And that's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the reason you want to give. Right. The reason you want to give is for helping people to experience Christ in one way or another that changes their lives. And she saw our ministry as such as an investment in healing people. You know, Larry, um, we have such great people. I don't know what our turnover rate is, but it's like point something or other. <laughs> um and people wouldn't be here 35 years later, 20 years, 10 years, if we 
weren't making a difference. And and I, I just think that all of our folks that work here are evidence that when people support us, we put the, the resources to good use, not for people to feel better, but to transform their lives. And and first of all, we're evangelists. We want people to come to Christ. We know that you got to get some roadblocks out of the way, stumbling blocks for that to happen. And so that's what we're we're doing. And I, I so I'm so grateful to hear that testimony. Anything else you want to share with us? Well, I just want to say I know there are others like this lady. I'm not trying to say nobody else is doing this. There are a lot of you that invest in new life. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you that are giving to get a tax deduction, too. We, we, it's like your motivation isn't the most important thing for the bottom line, but I think it is for your heart and for what you need and want to do spiritually. So thank you, and Amen. God bless you for giving. Yeah. The Lord, um, well, he loves a cheerful giver. Amen. You can give to us in a bad mood, and we will still <laughs> use that gift to the best way possible. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Appreciate bye. it. 1-800-NEW-LIFE. All right, let's uh, – how about we go and we talk with – how about we talk here with Susie, Los Angeles, California. She's been holding on a while. Susie, thanks for holding on. How could we help today? Thank you for taking my call. And I love the way there's always humor in Mm -hmm. your answers of the program. It keeps it light, you know. Well, thank you. My mom told me, Steve, if you can't be, she said, Steve, you can't be brilliant. Just try to be funny. And so I really tried to (laughs) follow that. But how could we help you today, Susie? I'm so glad you called. Thank you. I'm calling because I want to know. Do you think it is right or is it in God's will if I try to hold my brother and his business partner accountable for their withholding money from that he re- legally received from our family, from my auntie and uncle, my mom and dad? And that's what's been happening for decades, but I usually... What? Just What's pass he, he's, on it, you know. I he's he's just he's embezzling money from them. No, <laughs> don't understand. It feels that way. No, mm. no, no. They have passed on. He's received money, but they were alive when he was doing this too. Uh, he he's the one who would often legally receive property or assets from the family. And uh, I've been watching him through the years, and I, I'm sure now that he isn't willing. He's actually told me that he will never give me any money at all. And, you know, I never, I, I just accept it as who he is, but I, I didn't need technically until now. I do need to move from where I live, and I want to uh, move forward with a little bit more funds, a yeah. little, you know, more funds than I, I've had. And, and did you specifically tell him that and ask him for that, or are you... Yeah, I did. I, and I he went said, ahead. and what did he say? He has not said anything, but I'm sure he's not going to. 
and um, it's been a, a, a long enough time now that yeah. he would have responded. He did. He did make a call to social services to find out uh, how bad my situation is where I live to see if it was even legitimate that I'm moving. You know, mm-hmm. I I sense that more than anything. But I find myself uh, in a way that I, I'm not happy with. I find myself... Uh, Almost, I, I don't want to go around nailing people is really what it is, but I find myself plotting, you know, and there are things I could do and people I could send and so on. But I don't yeah. think God would want me doing anything like that, I'm pretty well, sure. Okay, so why don't we, through the wisdom of Alice and J.J., give you some thoughts on what God might want. When yeah, someone has really something that should that. be shared with you but isn't, and now you're at a place of need, he's obviously doing quite well because he's kept this stuff. So, J.J., Alice, what, what do you think God would want from her? Susie, is the money legally partially yours, and he's um, illegally withholding your portion? Uh, no. No, it is not legally mine at all. So he has no legal legally. obligation to share it with you? No. And why did he it did Why did it all go to... He would. Oh, he told you he, he would. He told me that oh. he would, but then he, you know, he said, I never said that. So it, through the years, it's becoming more and more obvious that, well, I, you know, history of our family, I think he actually enjoys this sort of thing, um, Hmm. Uh, well, there's music playing. We're going to try to we're going to talk about this. We'll try to give you some help here because it is important, you know, that you do the right well, thing. I think more Not, than anything else, it's important that I speak up for myself. Well, yes, I'm so glad to hear you say that. And I think it goes beyond speaking. And we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to New Life Live, and we're really, really glad that you are. There's a book by Dr. Henry Cloud, and it's entitled Trust. It could help you trust some people you don't and not trust some people you do. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We are back. Uh, Susie, are you still there? Yes, I am. Uh, is your brother a, a believer or not? No. Okay. Um, I I just think there is this, too bad, this biblical principle mm-hmm. that is really clear in Scripture that we take care of our the people around us, that somebody doesn't come to us and say, I need something, and we turn away. Or the uh, Pharisees and folks, yeah, they tithe, but they use that as an excuse not to take care of their family. And so I think the least you could do is tell him, I, I love you, I care about you, I'd like you to love me and care about me and help me in this transition. J.J. Allison, any thoughts you guys have? 
Yeah, uh, one quick question, Susie. First of all, I'm so sorry you're going through this, but are there any other family members who can advocate for you, who can step in and speak to your brother and say, hey, Susie has this need and we need to, we need to take care of her? I think there are family members who have already done that, and he does not do anything about it. Uh, also, there's a who's a lawyer, and he's more difficult than my brother to deal with, so I'm not going to involve him. There's, I'm sorry, there's a lawyer, like, over the estate, or there's a family member who is a lawyer? family member who is a lawyer who could at least knock on their doors, you know. Uh-huh. Okay. But um, I, I'm not going to involve any of that. I'm I'm ready to lay it all down. In fact, I have several times. Mm-hmm. But I also feel that, again, if I don't speak up for myself, I'm just in another situation where this could occur again you know, with other people. it's. Mm-hmm. I feel that God would definitely like me to say something. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure. And I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to uh, emotionally drain myself um, right. uh, with anger as my fuel or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, productive. Susie, you're so right to fight against simmering in that anger when you have little power or control over what your brother does. And I encourage yeah. you to keep fighting against those plotting thoughts because we all have tempting mm-hmm. thoughts to get what I need or to get what I want. But there is a time to surrender trying to get from your brother what you don't have a legal right to and looking for help elsewhere, such as your church community, because you can't make your brother help you even though you need his help. I'd also question, is there something about me because of which or for which you won't help me? Um, So do a self-evaluation as well if there's anything on your side of the street that you can clean up because that's where your power lies. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to send you healing as a choice because either way, I'm hoping and praying you can get beyond this and not harbor any resentment. But, oh, my goodness, what do you have to lose by asking him to do the right thing? I don't think you have anything to lose. So I'll send you healing as a choice. I'm glad that you called. Our final caller is Nancy from Dutchess County somewhere. I can't even tell where that is. Where is Dutchess County, Nancy? Dutchess, hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, uh, I love your program. Thank and you. It, it has been helping me in my growth in Christ. Um, but Dutchess County is in New York. Okay. Now, Nancy, I am so close to the end of the program. Can you ask us a question and let us try to answer it for you as simply as you can? Okay, I will try my best. So now um, I am uh, the only Christian for now in my husband's family. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have born into this family, lovely family, but none of them has uh, yet a sick prize. So now I facing, uh, I am a home health aide, I taking care of uh, elderly people. So now my mother-in-law, it just happened and she's not doing well. 
And yeah. I believe that the Lord is ready to take her. So okay. I, the reason why I call is because I need guidance. I do believe that the Holy Spirit already spoke to me about how to approach her. I already did the first approach last week. Oh. Okay. Tomorrow I'm going to be seeing her, and I, I want a confirmation of uh, of what way to approach her. I okay. know that there is All right, a lot so of I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you because if I don't, yeah. we don't we have no time. So, okay. JG, what do you think about the best way to approach? Yeah, so I love your heart and I think, you know, that that attitude of I want to care for you, I want to love you and part of the way I love you is by sharing what is true. Right? And so Letting her see the truth, especially at this kind of at the end of her life, to be able to make an informed decision, which you can't make for her, obviously, right? She has to make it for herself. But to be able to make that informed decision about whether to surrender her life to Christ or not. Uh, So, yeah, I think it starts with just that loving attitude of wanting her to know the truth and then respond to it. Yes. Alice, your thought. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Nancy, because you already had the initial conversation, and bravo that you courageously opened this up, you might just say, I want to follow up with what I brought up last week. Do you have thoughts about it, questions about it? And if she had a negative reaction, invite even that. It upset you. It didn't seem to sit well with you. I'd love to hear about that. Let me know how it affected you. And then you might ask, would you like to pray with me, or can I pray for you? And I would just add that depending on the severity of her condition, you brought something up last week. Wouldn't it be great if you just were there this week, if you knew she had more time, and you read to her or you just showed her your love, and then the next time you you talk about it again. But if it's pretty imminent, you, you might want to do those things, like read or whatever she enjoys, and then... After you've shown her you care about her, then you could talk about her place in eternity. You have nothing to lose at all. I do think people so respond to people whose motive is, I just want you to have the best eternal life ever, versus, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do, should do, anything like that. Mm-hmm. But... um Another thing is to be sure and take a, a Bible with you, a, a, mm. like a New Living Translation, and read to her out of the Bible. Like, read the the book of John. It's so beautifully done in the NLT. That might be a way to get to her heart. I'll send you a copy, uh, and I hope that something we've said has inspired you and makes a difference. I'd like to meet her in heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, we are out of time, and I just hope and pray that... Um, It's going to be a good day for you for the rest of the day. If you can help us, please do. I hope you'll consider joining us for our uh, Emotional Freedom Workshop that we're going to do online on December the 2nd. Every Man's Battle is going to be back in Dallas, December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And then we always try to do it around Valentine's Day, Intimacy and Marriage, February 16, 17, and 18. Hope and pray that you'll want to be part of something we're doing that could either change your life or change the life of somebody that you love. The phone number to call, 1-800-NEW-LIFE.
Life. Thank you, J.J. West, and thanks for all you do at New Life. And same for you, Dr. Alice Benton, and all of you who listen, watch, pray, support us in any way. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.